This is Conscious Body Movement, episode 63 with Sherry Medico. We talk about her program, The Diet Terminator, overeating, the triggers, and why we eat certain kinds of food, and a few other things. You gotta become a focus master. You gotta get really good at focusing on what you want as opposed to what you don't want. Nothing is easier than losing weight and keeping it off when your body wants to be thin. We don't handle and go after the internal block to stop us, you know, we'll self-sabotage. Conscious. Conscious. Body. Body. Movement. Movement. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Conscious Body Movement, the podcast. I am your host, Greg Dyer, and today we've got Sherry Minico on. Sherry is a friend of mine, and but also a uh, personal trainer, a nutritionist, and uh, you know, on down the list, kind of similar to what I've been doing in my life to get to this place. She's created this really cool thing, though. It's called a Diet Terminator. I don't know if you've ever heard of that or what that would mean to you. Diet Terminator. Quit dieting. I love it. Sherry, can we talk about that, please? <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Absolutely, Greg. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on your show. Yay! So, um, a little bit about my history is um, I started my first diet when I was 12. Okay, so something is wrong if girls are starting diets at 12, if you ask me, because I actually didn't have a weight. Well, I thought I had a weight problem and I really had a shirt place of helping other people get off the diet mentality because what people don't understand is diets are the number one reason people overeat so if we are flooded with diets we have a lot more overeating going on than, than moderation eating or healthful eating going on gotcha and you know you and i've kind of talked about this uh, a little bit over the years so i've i've really enjoyed um Seeing other people out there, you know, on on this topic and moving away from putting people on diets and and so forth. And by the way, I had to shut down the the video part because uh, the bandwidth was acting goofy. So that's why you don't see me, Sherry. Okay. Sorry, you guys don't see me anyway because I don't I don't video these things. But that's coming. Oh, we'll do that soon. But anyway, but, yeah. Uh, so um, on occasion, I have problems with my internet service, so it may be partially that too. Yeah, I no blame here. It's just wasn't working and I'm, the, the audio is important to me so uh, and yeah. to obviously to my listeners so um, anyway back to it uh, to see more people uh, in the industry moving towards this this idea of let's let's get away from putting people on here's your diet plan and uh, of course you know here's your you know your your exercise plan and you do all this and you'll succeed and, and not taking into account any bit about their own their own lifestyle, how they got to this point, all the thoughts that are going on in their head and everything else, the things they like to do, the things they don't like to do. And we've got them doing all these things they don't like to do and taking away the things they like to do. How's that sustainable? Right. Well, <laughs> how is it not only not sustainable, but who wants to live like that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> taking all the fun out of life. You know, what's the point of that? So, um, yeah, I mean, you touched on a quite a few things there. And one of the things that I get to in the Diet Terminator program is really why a person might be overweight to begin with. If we if we ignore that piece and just throw them on a, you know, putting a square peg in a 
round hole diet plan, um, it doesn't really get to the heart of what their knee jerk reactions are to food and why are they acting out with food? Why are they overeating to begin with? Um, and there's a lot that goes into that. You know, there's emotions, there's boredom, there's anxiety, there's depression. There's a lot of reasons that people eat and turn to food because, you know, as we know, there's an entire food group called comfort foods and they do their <laughs> job well. They do their job very well. They are very comforting and they're very soothing. And, you know, how do we get beyond turning to comfort foods to, um, satiate our lives <laughs> you gotcha. know going beyond comfort foods is really what it's all about and finding out what they're really seeking that the food only temporarily gives that chemical reaction um, but it's a false in the end of the day it's a false sort of soothing if somebody's seeking out um you know living their life with real zest and joy and they're trying to you know have food cover that up or if they're stuffing something or if they're reached, you know, they're trying to fill a void in their, in their life. Food doesn't actually do that. If you guys, um, <clears throat> I have a, an example. Um, and I've, I think I've, I've, I've told this one before on the show, but I, I've got, I've got a pretty good Starbucks addiction. Chai's for, for <laughs> and, and, you know, and it's one of those things that's been uh, part of, part of my world for, I, I don't know, since the early 2000s since a friend of mine introduced me to these chais that this magic stuff that starbucks makes that's i swear they put crack in to keep me coming back but um nevertheless it was in the last year i started getting a hint of what it was that drew me to the chais and the emotional component of it and listen to this guys because you're gonna you're gonna kind of identify with some of this stuff and see what sherry's talking about here there's this part of the chai, the, 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 the spices in it, and that's what I'm after. It's not really the sugar. The spices in the, in the chai, now the sugar's coming along for the ride, but the spices in the chai um, bring me back to when I was a kid in the holidays, and my mom and the spices and the smells and everything around Thanksgiving and Christmas and the love and the warmth and all that stuff, that's in a bucket of chai for me. That's in the cup of chai for me. And every time I drink one, bam, I'm right back there. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at that. So I, I don't know if that's the way you go about helping people kind of identify those triggers or whatever. And I know there's like literally infinite number of these triggers that, that these things can do. But, you know, to be able to identify that and go, wow. So what can people do once they have that and go, wow, that's oh, maybe that's what's going on. Yeah, the first thing is really identifying it like you just said. So, um, and the spices may bring your senses back to those memories, but the sugar oh, yeah. <laughs> is hard to play. Okay. You said the word crack. So yeah. sugar is actually one of the most addicting things on the planet. And so when we couple all those spices in with those memories, and then we hook the brain into sugar, boom, all of those serotonin boosters, right? Your brain goes along for the ride and your brain starts really craving not only the memories, but when it's coupled with the sugar high, mm -hmm. um, it's even more intense. And then you add, if, if you're added caffeine in there, well, there's, <laughs> there's a little extra boost that the brain likes, right? Another addictive um, blend is, you know, ca the whole caffeine and sugar thing. 
Um, so yeah, your brain really gets hooked into these things. And what the brain does is it's really that habit loop. So if you know anything about habits, there's a trigger, an action, and a reward. And so the trigger might be craving something comfort, which is, oh yeah, you know, that, that feeling of comfort, family, love. Oh, I'll have this chai drink, which brings me right back to my happy childhood. My brain knows exactly what it's also going to get from that. So soothing <laughs> memories along with the sugar high, you know, hard to resist. right? <laughs> so explain to me how it is my truck seems to know how to turn into Starbucks without me. <laughs> well, and that's another thing about habits is when your brain is triggered to seek out that reward, it becomes automatic. So it's actually built into the human DNA, this thing called habits. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing we can do about our habits except for change them into ones that we actually want to instead of ones that we're stuck in or our past behavior patterns that just sort of we ended up with. Um, but yeah, you're right, Greg, you do actually, your brain actually checks out. So your brain's, ooh, there's a Starbucks nearby. We're going there. And you, <laughs> you shut down. Your brain shuts down. You automatically drive there. Um, if there's a drive-through and that's your thing, you automatically, you know, the words just flow out of your mouth when you get there. <laughs> you know, there was. <laughs> and your meanwhile, your brain is relaxed, which is why we have this in our DNA. Because if you thought about every little tiny thing that you did every day when you came home, where you put your keys, when you left, if you closed the garage door, you know, if you locked the door, all these little things, our brains would be exhausted. So habits actually give our brains that that let, like letting go, being able to relax. So we go into autopilot. So that's why your truck drives to Starbucks automatically <laughs> because at, once you, once your brain has gotten the hint or tr some kind of trigger, we'll have, we'd have to like, you'd have to kind of look ahead and figure out what your triggers are to see what <laughs> turns your truck on and your brain off <laughs> to end up at Starbucks. <laughs> why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> But that is really what happens is there's a place there's a place in there that once you're already your brain's already in the habit loop it's very very difficult to step out of until that reward is reached until you've actually ordered your Starbucks and you're you started drinking it. You know, there's another part of this thing that uh, you just made me think about, and it it was something that I learned through um, one of the uh, marketing coaches that I read all the time, the fitness marketing coaches of all of all places. And we're talking about the experience that you create as a business and how, you know, that the duplicating that experience over and over and over and over again for people gives them that sense of, you know, comfort, basically. So Starbucks was one of his examples and just how masterful they are at creating that environment of, you know, first of all, you walk in the place, what do you hit with? Bam, that warming smell of coffee, if you like the smell of coffee. I mean, and they do a great job of making sure the whole place just smells. Like, I, you know, I leave the place and my clothes smell like coffee. But yeah. um, so you go in and then, and then it's got this whole language thing that only you, only people that go to Starbucks are, are privy to. So you're ordering your thing. And for me, you know, it's a, you know, it's the chai and I rattle off venti, non-fat, eight-pump chai and all that stuff. And, you know, the only people that know what that means are the baristas on the other side and you. And it's like, you know, this little language. So you create this whole other little connection to the whole thing. A feeling like you belong somewhere, and, and right. 
So I don't I don't know how much of all that plays into and you know when I think about that there's all these other environments that do the same thing with their food or whatever else that we get hooked into McDonald's I mean there's going to be a whole new thing I noticed today I went into McDonald's to get a, a, an iced tea you know because it's a dollar <laughs> so I go and get an iced tea from there and I noticed that the kiosks are now in play so we're going to create a whole new I mean McDonald's is going to create a whole new little structure to their their environment and right. you know it's going to be interesting to me you know how giving people control like that over what they're ordering and how they're ordering what is that going to do now <laughs> yeah, i don't know but anyway yeah that's interesting it sort of takes out the i guess that attracts a certain kind of person the person who'd rather do self-checkout at the grocery store that's <laughs> me <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I, although, I mean, I, I don't have any use for McDonald's other than the iced tea, but yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Just made me think about that. Anyway, back to Diet Terminator stuff. How well, did you how did you get to this place? <laughs> how did I get to Diet Diet, Diet Terminator? Diet did, Terminator. I, yeah. Well, as I mentioned in the beginning, I started my first diet when I was 12, because that is about the time, those tween years when, you know, girls and more and more boys are start, start to realize, oh, I don't look like that supermodel on TV or that person in my favorite show. And you start evaluating your body and, you know, you start saying things like, oh, well, maybe I should be dieting my first diet was actually slim fast so that might tell you how old i am <laughs> but um what originally happened was i would turn to the diet and not knowing why i was turning to the sugar and you know i'd start to diet and it would only, only last so long because i didn't know how to deal with why i was really turning to sugar which was my anxiety so you know my triggers were anxiety driven but i didn't know that i was 12 right um so many for fast forward many years later of this whole yo-yoing thing where i would you know get fed up turn to a diet only last on that for so long end up binging on sugar because i didn't know you know how to actually deal with what my triggers were um and then it spiraled into over exercising beating myself up dieting binging and so on and so on and so you know i ended up in the fitness and nutrition field because as many of us do in the health and wellness world we are on a mission <laughs> to either fix ourselves or somebody else some other someone else in our life or um, you know most of us have a story behind what drives us and is what are we are passionate about and you know, tried everything through all through many, many years um, to the point where I ended up at Overeaters Anonymous. I mean, those pretty desperate times, right? Um, not everyone ends up in a place in a, you know, a 12 step program that's really for an addict addiction. Um, and although that program didn't totally resonate with me, there were things that I really got out of it, which was, you know, at the end of the day, whether or not it's a habit, a trigger, an addiction, I'm the one putting my putting food in my mouth and I'm the only one that's capable of stopping. So <laughs> something's got to change. <laughs> um, and when I realized why I kept binging on the sugar, that really set me free because when I knew what I was doing, when I acknowledged it, I had then had a choice. Hmm. 
There's which that choice thing. my whole world. There's that choice Is thing that? again. Yeah. So once I realized I had a choice, I started really evaluating, okay, every time I headed into the kitchen, uh, my, I had a new rule, I had a new habit that I implemented, which was, okay, you're in the kitchen, what in the world are you doing in here? <laughs> are you here for a real meal? Are you here because you're anxious and are going to binge? Like what, you know, what are you doing here? And I had some things set in place that I could say, okay, um, I'm here for a meal. Great. I could have a meal. That's normal behavior, right? Um, if I was there to binge or act out in some way with my anxiety, I had to leave the room and do, you know, one of two things, which was, no, one of three things, which was listen to music, journal, or call my good friend who knew I was going through this problem. And so I had some outreach things and some ways I started to deal with my anxiety, which really turned the corner for me. Um, and because I had gotten, because I had been so obsessed up to this point, I would naturally, you know, learned about nutrition and fitness training and was getting certified. And I, you know, I really had gone down this path of nutrition and fitness training. So once I started to unravel my own issues was when I really entered into the fitness nutrition realm and started helping other people. But what I didn't know until I got into that world was that how many people were struggling the same way I was. And I thought, wow, this is, this wasn't just me. You know, there are people here in this world seeking my help that are also dealing with the issues that I am overcoming. And so I started, you know, helping them in the ways that I was, things that I was trying to do and, um, once I broke free, I just really started helping more and more people do, you know, overcoming the, those thought patterns and those triggers. And over many years and much, much, you know, research and personal research, working with clients directly, I saw what was working for them and what didn't. And the Diet Terminator program was born. Very cool. I got, you know, and listening to stories like that, um, it makes me, you know, realize that there's so many of us that got into uh, this kind of a field or, you know, something health related or related to the bodies because we're looking for that kind of help for ourselves. And mm -hmm. and I've always I've always thought of myself more as a guide than necessarily a teacher. It's like, hey, I'm going to do this. Would you? Like, you guys want to come with me? You know, I'll guide. You know, I'll make sure that you know I I stay a step ahead of you or a couple steps ahead of you, so I know where we're going. <laughs> And then you can come with me, but, um, yeah. I think that's what makes a great teacher though, Greg. <laughs> what, somebody is that's actually doing that it? person who's lived it, experienced it, and is a, is a few steps ahead of those people that need that assistance, you know? So you're just uh, a few steps ahead on the path of where those other people are, you know, on that path too, and they just need someone holding the flashlight. <laughs> Now, you see, the Starbucks thing in my world showed up after, long after I had been already a bodybuilder. <laughs> so when I showed up, I was like, oh, this is going to wreck a few things. <laughs> Fortunately, the bodybuilding part was done, but I was, you know, really ramping up the lifting heavy and all that stuff. So the, the thing is, is that that chai, which is pretty much all that I was throwing into my world outside of my regular meal plan and all that stuff, those calories just disappeared into heavy lifting. It was... And it was whatever, but um, 
not everybody's got that thing going on for them. So what do we do? Right. <laughs> not everyone has like big muscles and lots of testosterone to burn off, burn off their chai sugar. Right. 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 So, so yeah. Some people would be really impacted by adding you know, a chai every day. Well, not only on their body, but on their pocket, in their pocketbook. Well, that's where I'm looking at now. It's like, wow, if I saved that every day, that five bucks that I'm spending, <laughs> what would I have? You know, I, I, yeah. I you know, yeah. So, well. Either way, but you know, to, for, for people listening, the, I think the first thing is to really pay attention um, and I talk to people about a lot about paying attention without judgment. So just be on the, like the fly on your wall for like a week or so and see, like, just pay attention to when you have certain food cravings or when you feel that knee jerk reaction to go into the kitchen. Like what, what is that about? Is it about something that's really happening? Are you nervous? Are you stressed? Are you overwhelmed? Um, are you bored? Do you not want to do that thing on the computer that you said you were going to do for work? Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons that people turn to food. Are you tired? You know, being tired really lowers our inhibitions and it's easy to just, you know, want to pick me up. Um, you know, there's a lot of people self-medicating out there that have, you know, low level depression that, you know, sugar does sugar and carbohydrates really do a nice little <laughs> you know, boost to the brain that, you know, helps people deal with a lot of things. So first, you know, the first thing to do is start there, like just pay attention, keep track without beating yourself up over it. Um, and the second thing to do is really evaluate it, you know, say, okay, are there other, other things that I could be doing instead of turning to food? What other things can I implement to give me that you know, very same, you know, close to feeling, what do I really need in my life? And look at your lifestyle. You know, it's really about the lifestyle change, not about cutting everything out, because I'm not a proponent of cutting things out. I'm a proponent for moderation and enjoying your life. <laughs> and enjoying life means enjoying food. It's a part of it. Um, and paying attention to what you really need, what, what you're really looking for as far as self-fulfillment is food really going to be what gets you there. And you know, it isn't, it's an empty, it's an empty bag of Doritos at the end of the night. It's not mm -hmm. joy. Doritos. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting. You bring up Doritos when I come off of a long uh, mountain bike ride and I'm all of a sudden got that salt craving thing going man i gotta put some salt in the dorito bag really does it but <laughs> your confessions my confessions <laughs> but you know it, it's not like one of those things where the dorito bag is is uh, showing up all the time in my world you guys you know right. it's just going back to that, that moderation thing and i did just you know ride 15 miles but nevertheless, yeah, my confessions. You, you guys, the thing is, is that and what I, why I'm transparent and telling you all this stuff is that um, I don't really believe everybody that comes to me and says, I never do this. I've never, I never eat like that. I never get, you know, it's just discipline and this is the way I am. And it's people that aren't like that. I don't believe those guys. I think somewhere in their back in their history or somewhere in their in the deep darkest places they're they're doing these things and they're hiding it 
you know, really, really well. And maybe they're hiding it from themselves. And for me, that doesn't seem very healthy. So I, I think that we're all human beings and there's something that's always going to be there for us and, and look attractive, whether it be food or, you know, whatever habit that we got going on. You know, hopefully it's one of those things where it's not taking over your life, you know, in that way. And that's where, you know, Sherry's talking about the moderation part of that. So, um, yeah, that's really where the issue is, Greg, is when people have these things overshadowing their world and they're living in a world of shame. Maybe they're closet eating, maybe they're hiding the amount of food or how, you know, what they're eating or how much they're eating from other people or they feel guilty about it. Um, you know, no one wants to live like that. That's a really bad way to live. And they're feeling bad about their weight. And there's all these reasons that shame comes in. And dieting is one of those reasons. Okay. So hence the diet terminator, like dieting and failure to be perfect at dieting um, really causes a lot of people just terrible feelings of shame and guilt. And I'm not good enough. I can't even make this diet work. You know, it's very, very detrimental to somebody who, you know, continues to struggle and yo-yos and they don't have to be there um, because there are other ways. I mean, that I guess that's my mission is to let people know, like, there are other ways to get to a healthy body weight that has nothing to do with dieting. And Absolutely. a lot of people don't know what that means because <laughs> our society is so ridden with diets. Oh, gosh, yes. Um, uh, it's just so much about who we're about, what we're about. And it, you know, it is a problem. It is a big problem because we're not getting, dieting is a band-aid to what's really happening. And if we can get to the heart of the, the heart of the issues, you know, the dieting stuff falls away. If you learn what your triggers are and you are actually eating when you're physically hungry and not, not emotionally hungry and you are caring enough about yourself to make the right kinds of food choices, a lot of that becomes natural. Um, you know, let's face it, eating healthy, um, if you're just looking for general health and well-being is not rocket science. I mean, I know there's a lot of differing opinions out there, but it's all about paying attention to what makes you feel good in your body and, you know, what foods make you feel bad or bloated or tired and really kind of delving into what, what your guy, you know, where you're guided and what, how, what you feel good about. So instead of getting all the out, you know, sure, learning about nutrition is, is good, but most people know that eating donuts every morning isn't really going to help them, right? <laughs> <laughs> people know that well, I don't stuff. know. What kind of donuts are we talking about here? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> now, a donut on occasion in moderation, sure, that's fine. It's just a matter of how much of it are you going to have and how do, how do you really feel after you have a donut and is it in your best asking yourself honestly is it in your best interest to eat it and it may be yes it may be no but to actually get to that point where you can talk to yourself about that and be honest you know i was thinking about the diets that um especially as as a personal trainer coming from a bodybuilding background, the diets that I was putting my clients on, the diets that I see my colleagues putting diets on, they come from bodybuilding. I mean, they're based in that. And 
the, the epiphany moment for me in, my, in training people came when I was sitting there looking at this whole thing. This, God, this probably happened 12, almost 13 years ago. I was sitting there training my clients, you know, brand new personal trainer, you know, and, and happy about that and really into it. And I'm training my clients. I'm building their workouts. And I all of a sudden looked at it and I was like, why am I training these people like bodybuilders? They're not bodybuilders. Why am I putting them on diets like bodybuilders? I mean, it, it's just, it's like, well, how's that going to sustain anything? There's a purpose to the diet for bodybuilding. It's, it ends. It's not something you stay on forever. Mm, right. So why? Well, right. And it's got a point to it. It's a purpose. You're driven by this, you know, this, this passion to, to be a bodybuilder and to get to a goal with that. And that's got an end date to it. It's not one of those things. So we're putting people on these diets. So it's like, well, when do you come off of it? Well, you don't. Why not? Well, because this is healthy. Well, where'd you get it from? Well, it's a bodybuilding diet. Well, how healthy is that? Well, it's healthy. Really? I felt like shit when I was on stage as a bodybuilder. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I have a little bit of a bodybuilding background as well. I Not competitively, but... Um, I use a few tools from that world and sure. part of it is metabolically, right? We want our, we do, I do, I do realize when people come to see me that they want to lose weight. So right. I want to make sure that we're repairing their metabolism and body, the bodybuilding world is really, really good about, you know, that metabolic piece. So there are some aspects that I like to utilize there, but yeah, it's, the problem with bodybuilding is the obsessive compulsiveness to it, right? And so, you know, building that into an everyday lifestyle is really difficult when I, you're looking to, you know, enjoy your life and look at, at it as a holistic lifestyle. So what I, when I teach people and I coach people on nutrition, I always ask them, well, you know, if they come to me and they say, I think I should let go of this or let go of that. And I'll, I'll ask them, well, is that sustainable for you? Can you, do you see yourself doing that for the next 10 or 20 years? Because that's what I want them to see doing is getting into a lifestyle choice where they are doing this ongoing. It's not like this short-term thing, right? So that's why I don't ever recommend somebody give up any particular food group or anything unless it has a real grip on them, they can let go of it for a while. There are, there are some people have foods that trigger them into binge eating. So that's something to look at, but typically, um, you know, I tell people, you know, don't say you're going to give up pasta. If you're really not going to give up pasta, like, don't let's like, don't lie about it. <laughs> Basically, don't kid yourself about thinking you're going to give up certain food groups if you really don't see that as a sustainable choice. Let's plug it in in a moderate manner so you are enjoying it and still reaching your goals. That's, uh, you know, getting back to that guilt part of it. You know, you got people coming in, you know, feeling crappy because they can't even stay on their own diet. And they're the ones that put it together. Oh, my God, I can't even stick to something that I want to do. Right. Because it's usually just too strict. It's just... There's not real, people don't understand that the body kind of ebbs and flows and there's, you know, being too strict, I think is a detriment. I, you know, I don't like to see people being too strict. I think it's good to implement different food groups and various food groups and 
you know, be able to go out and enjoy yourself and not be like, oh, I can't have this and I can't have that because it sets up a stress response in the body, um, you know, which also isn't good. And people also want to feel like they have a sense of belonging. So they're always, I can't, I can't, I can't in social situations. It, it sets them up to not feel good again, right? There's, there's this also there's this, that social arena where we want to be able to participate in our life. So to say you're going to give up all of these things, you know, I don't recommend doing that. I just say, okay, let, what does, what does it look like to have that in moderation? And does that feel good to you? you know, Absolutely. How I look at it. You guys, um, I wanted Sherry to come on and talk about this, not only just to, you know, to learn more about it, but, um, We've got a, a a workshop coming up here on January 27th, and Sherry's actually been gracious enough to come and talk uh, to us for a little bit in, in one of the modules about food and exactly what we've just been going through. So part of this was, you know, to, to introduce, you know, the Diet Terminator to the people that are watching, you know, that listen to the show and all that stuff, But and, and Sherry, of course, but to also promote the idea, hey, come to the workshop, you're going to learn some more of these great tools that Sherry's got that you can plug right into your day, you know, to help you right away. And uh, so that, you know, that that's, you know, a lot of a lot of what what we've got going on here with this with this show here. But um, so, Sherry, first of all, thanks for coming on today, too. But thank you for, you know, giving your time to come and 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 talk at the at the workshop as well. And, um, you know, just passing on all of this stuff. It, you know, the things that you can do uh, that she's got for us. Uh, you know, they're going to they're going to just come in. They're going to be very very simple. There's really not like a a magic bullet to any of this stuff. You know, and I know I've talked about that before, and I know Sherry and I have talked about it before. And it's just like the, you know, there's no magic bullet. It's just a choice. You know, here let's help you find your choice. And that's yeah. that's what this workshop's going to be about. And uh, would love to have you guys there. Um, there's going to be some more information about the workshop. I'll make sure that I plug uh, the, uh, the 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 web address, the link to the workshop, so you guys can go there and check that out. You'll learn a little bit more about Sherry there as well, and you can link from her to some of the other things that she's doing, which are really exciting that we never even got a chance to get to. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> that's okay. I, you know what? This is going to be my my ploy to make sure that I get to have you on again, so we can talk about other stuff. Yes, I love it. <laughs> so, uh, so how do we get a hold of you, Sherry? If, if people want to just find, okay, what is this Diet Terminator thing? How do I find yeah, out more about it? Learn more about Diet Terminator, go to dietterminator.com. That's really, really complicated. Okay. Yeah, so thanks for having me on. And, you know, you're right. There isn't a magic bullet, but each person knows, like each person has their own triggers and each person has their own ways of dealing and turning to something else other than foods. So whether it be, I mean, I introduce a lot of people to hobbies and to other things they can do that are really more joy fulfilling. So, you know, there are ways to break away from the chains of food and <laughs> it doesn't have to be miserable. It can actually be a lot more fun. So wonderful. Sherry, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. I look forward to the workshop. Yay! So, you guys, I'll make sure that uh, dietterminator.com uh, is also in the in the uh, information here of the of what we you know of the show. So, you guys can link to that and go and check it out. And of course, check out the um, 
the, the, the link to the workshop and everything and learn some more about that and what we're going to be doing here in about a week and a half, uh, January 27th. It's a Saturday here in Denver, Colorado. It's going to be at the Coble Library in the forum. Uh, go online, check it out. You can go ahead and register there, pay for it and everything, and just let's get you in there and let's, let's have some fun that day and learn a few things from some very, very wonderful people like Sherry. Anyway, you guys, I will talk to you next time. If you would like to learn more about me, Greg Dyer, you can check me out on my website, ConsciousGreg.com, or go to Facebook and check out the Conscious Body Movement page. I've also got a book out now. It's called Follow Your Bliss, A Guide to a Powerful Mindset. It's a pretty fun little book that I've written with a whole lot of questions and some really cool awarenesses plus some things that I've thrown in that I've learned all these years as a personal trainer that just can add and enhance and lead us to bliss and embodiment. You can find my book at Amazon.com and just look up Follow Your Bliss. Thank you for joining me today. I am Greg Dyer, and this has been Conscious Body Movement, the podcast.